We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Aaron Rodgers looking for Devontae Adams. He's got it! DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor, touchdown. Hello and welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. And as always, I am joined by my co-host here, it is Sean Siegel, one of the co-owners at Rotoviz, co-host of Stealing Bananas. And Sean, we are into Super Bowl week, so we're going to have a bit of fun on today's show. We're going to talk about why we think the Rams will win, why we think the Bengals will win, and we're going to kind of give our talking points for both of those scenarios. We will later on in the week give our prediction for who we think is going to win. You might be able to guess that by some of the thoughts and comments that we share on today's show. But, Sean, it is Super Bowl week. My Packers didn't get there. Your Rams have – your Chiefs haven't got there. But uh, this should be a, a fun a fun Super Bowl and a, a fun week to look into some of these games. And I guess uh, we can tease it now for the listeners. We will have J.J. Zacharyson, the late-round quarterback, on on Thursday's podcast. So a fun week coming up here on Road of His OT. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to talking with JJ. He's one of my personal favorites. And we have the Super Bowl. So, I mean, this is a big week. You mentioned the Chiefs didn't make it, the Packers didn't make it. But this has been a fantastic playoff season where I feel like the final eight teams were all very good. And one of the things that we have witnessed sort of with this evolution of football over the last three or four years is that It's no longer that we have the elite offense versus the complete shutdown defense in the championship games or in the Super Bowl and these big contrasts of styles. If you want to be in the mix at the end now, you have to be very good on both sides of the ball. And I think the final eight teams all fit that criteria. And now we're down to a final two with the Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams. Joe Burrow has been absolutely on fire. Matthew Stafford has remade and revitalized his career and demonstrated that arm strength that us Detroit Lions fans always knew that he had. Both teams have been elite on defense. Obviously, the Rams, a lot of defensive weapons putting pressure on really stymieing teams. And the Bengals, it's maybe not as much of a headline for them. But one of the things they've relied on all season and relied on even when they were really struggling with their passing game is that they also have a shutdown defense and they've been very effective in the playoffs. And so we can get almost anything in the Super Bowl from a shootout to a 9-6 game to you know hopefully not blowouts 
either direction, right? There are a lot of different ways this game could play out, but I think that we're going to have a very competitive game in the mid-20s that comes down to the final play, uh, perhaps with one of these kickers and perhaps with the Bengals' new breakout star kicker knocking one down from 55 yards on the final play. So today we're going to go through, look at the different paths for both teams, and Colin, I'm really looking forward to the Super Bowl. So, Sean, you teased it there. You talked about potential you know, massive victories one way or the other, a tight game, a low-scoring game. We all remember the last time the Rams were in the Super Bowl versus the Patriots was a, you know, maybe not the most exciting occasion, but hopefully we are in for a treat this Sunday in the Super Bowl. Looking at how the Bengals might win this one, I think, uh, you know, we've talked all off-season long, all season long. We're kind of, I think we might be on the Bengals bandwagon at this point, but it should be exciting when you have, you know, a young quarterback coming back off an injury so early in his career, taking that little bit of time to get into the season and then, you know, things really firing on all cylinders through those last couple of weeks and into the playout playoffs. And I, I said firing on all cylinders. There's been some times where, it's been a bit disjointed from drive to drive, but you know some of the explosive plays and the excitement off this offense is is there to be seen with the likes of Jamar Chase and how he's performed as a rookie, and then of course T Higgins in his second year as well. So super exciting team in the Bengals, and you know unfortunately they did beat the Chiefs, they did win an Arrowhead, they also knocked off the number one seed in the Titans. It's pretty much a situation here where they've beaten those two teams on the road and then they're heading to los angeles this week to face off against the rams basically you know on the road in the rams home stadium so it's going to be you know a case where they've had to go and do it the hard way i guess we'll say but i think that going into arrowhead and going into tennessee and winning on the road in both of those occasions i think is going to show that this occasion isn't really probably going to phase them. They are a young team, but I, I don't think it's going to be one where the occasion gets to them or the atmosphere. So they have been able to deal with that pressure. But the one area I think that a lot of people will be talking about this week where the concern would be is the offensive line. And I know back to the draft, when they did draft Jamar Chase, there was the talk around, you know, should they have gone offensive line? And that kind of continued as a meme on Twitter for most of the season. But, you know, then Jamar Chase has gone and, been the offensive rookie basically of the year so i think that still the right decision uh, was to go for the the star wide receiver based on how things played out but we do know against the titans there was nine sacks and that really affected the situation of trying to keep joe burrow both upright and potentially healthy we know how he got injured last season so this game they are going up against a <laughs> a defensive line in the rams with Aaron donald you know, with Von Miller, it's going to be a really tricky situation. Do you think we roll into this one and we see more of what happened against the Titans, but maybe they don't get their way true in this one? Or do you think that they can overcome the difficulties against this kind of Hall of Fame defensive line unit with the players that are assembled there uh, and they can they can get past this uh, Rams defense? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure we're going to be talking about the Rams really – taking it to them on the defensive side of the ball in our look at how the Rams could win. But here with the Bengals, with them winning this game, I think you have to look at the fact that their path through the Titans and the Chiefs is much more difficult than the Rams' path through the Cardinals, who were falling apart at the time, the Buccaneers, who were really devastated by injury and no longer had the type of elite team they had had you know, really a month previous, and then a 49ers team, 
that probably doesn't have the high-end quarterback play. And then Jimmy Garoppolo admits after the game that he was hurting pretty bad, right? So they were able to defeat a 49ers team that didn't have quarterback play as well, whereas the Bengals have had to get through a number one seed in the Titans who have a lot of firepower on both sides of the ball, have that elite defense. They got the nine sacks. They win anyway. Then they go on the road and defeat Kansas City, the best team in the NFL. I think that pretty clearly Kansas City and Buffalo would be the two teams you're looking at there. They play an all-time great game, and then the Chiefs lose to the Bengals anyway, which, again, I think in this situation proves what the Bengals can do and what they'll need to do because, obviously, playing this game in Los Angeles is going to have some of those elements that they had to deal with in Tennessee and in Kansas City. But you know, I don't know how you can not be on the Bengals after they've defeated the Chiefs twice in the last month. Right. I mean, the Chiefs are basically the Rams, except a lot better at everything. Now, the Rams maybe have a little bit more in terms of pass rush. They have Jalen Ramsey. But in terms of what the Chiefs defense was doing at the end of the season, I don't think that you can say that, you know, this is a worse defense necessarily than the Rams. They're a much better offense. And yet the Bengals were still able to get through them. I think that gives them a lot of confidence as they go against the Rams here. Now, one of the things that they did against Kansas City and one of the weird parts about them winning that game is that they won and they come back from 21 to three down and only score two touchdowns, right? So they're going to have to do a little bit better in the red zone, I think. But one of the things that they did, and I think that you can criticize in the Kansas City game, and yet it did work out, was that they ran Joe Mixon more than they probably should have from the perspective of you know, what are the expected points on any given rushing play versus when you drop back with Joe Burrow and are throwing to Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. And yet, because they were willing to use Mixon, they were able to neutralize that pass rush at least a little bit. And then you kind of look at what's going to happen on the other side of the ball where the Rams with very ineffective running backs, you look at what Cam Akers and Sonny Michelle have done in the playoffs, questions about, you know, how healthy Akers will be. But neither one of those guys has been able to do hardly anything as a runner and yet we know the rams are going to use them to try and take a little bit of the pressure off of matthew stafford we saw stafford throw what should have been a season ending interception at the end of that 49ers game it was dropped but because the rams are also going to run the ball in situations where they probably shouldn't that's going to take a little bit of the pressure off of the Bengals to not have to be as aggressive right so they're going to use joe mixon there and then for the Bengals to win, Joe Burrow has to be the guy. He's got to be the guy who had the massive games in week 16 and week 17 of the regular season and that guy who can throw all of the different passes. And one of the things that we know about Joe Burrow is he can get those passes underneath to Tyler Boyd in some of their biggest games. Boyd has been a threat, but then we have the downfield ability of both Higgins and Chase. And it's been a little bit more balanced here in the last couple weeks of the playoffs where both of those guys have made an impact they're going to have to get Chase and Higgins behind the defense. They're going to have to use Tyler Boyd underneath, and they're going to have to have these dump-off passes to Joe Mixon, these safety valve types of plays in order to neutralize that pass rush, minimize the sacks, try not to be in two second and third and longs because you just have to maintain control of the ball, right? And I think that they have the weapons to do that, even though the offensive line versus defensive line matchup is not good for them. Yeah, I would agree. A lot of the points you said were going to be some of the points that I was going to take up next. I think, like, you know, in terms of you mentioned getting behind this defense, they obviously there is a Jalen Ramsey to take into consideration on the, the back end of the defense as well. But you mentioned Joe Mixon and the dump off passes. I think they are going to have to be relatively patient in this game in terms of we would like to see it been aired out. I don't think that's going to be possible to happen 
consistently, but I think they'll be able to take those shots. But rather than what they have done at times where it's been disappointing, we've talked about it, is trying to get Joe Mixon going on first down over and over again, that not working. I think the the way to make that effective is those, you know, sharp passes, as those screen passes. We've seen it even against the Titans, the screen pass to Jamar Chase. You know, there's a, a lot of stuff that can open things up without having to run Joe Mixon into a brick wall and this one. So I think it's going to be kind of a little bit of patience and, and try to think of ways outside of just continuously running Mixon because he has shown in the playoffs and throughout the season at times that he is able to be quite dynamic when he gets the ball in his hands out of the backfield as well. And, you know, we've seen P. Ryan um, against the Chiefs just before halftime with that long rushing uh, or sorry receiving touchdown as well so they can get that going I think Tyler Boyd is somebody to get in the mix there as well on those short intermediate routes and just continue to move the the ball downfield and I think if they can set that up it's going to help them a lot this season it's probably not a good sign in in a way because he was under pressure so much but Mixon was the highest graded quarterback this year under pressure while throwing it but he was pretty much under pressure uh, and pretty much all the games the the fear for the Bengals here would be that we see a repeat similar to the Chiefs Super Bowl last year with Tampa Bay where you know Patrick Mahomes was just kind of running for his life all game long so I think that their kind of prototype of game will be will be in the Bengals mind I think they they need to continue to be aggressive I think even in the game against the Chiefs you know some of the plays weren't aggressive enough kind of playing not to lose and, and sometimes that gets you into trouble and you mentioned that they did come from behind in that one but mainly through field goals and I think you know it's it's very hard to do that on a consistent basis it has worked for them on two occasions now you know I think in this third one we, we should be trying to see them mix that up but Sean anything that we haven't touched on that you think would be a key to Cincinnati winning this I think we talked about a lot of the positives you know they have the receiving options they can get mixing involved as well but they also have had a, a strong defensive performance over this playoff and I think that gets maybe glossed over a little bit like they did shut down the Chiefs in that second half they did put a lot of pressure on Tannehill and the Titans so I think they can also put a lot of pressure on the Rams here and I know we'll talk about the Rams and and their positives but you mentioned Stafford's kind of Hail Mary that should have been intercepted um that wasn't that means that the Rams do advance they they may not have been in that position had that been caught but they have also been able to turn quarterbacks over and they have been able to get those plays when needed even at the end of the game where you know they they stop the Chiefs from getting the touchdown they push them back in field goal position they get those sacks of Patrick Mahomes so there's a lot of positives there that are probably being a little bit glossed over based on the talk around the offense so I think defensively they can put a lot of pressure here on on Stafford who has a couple of pick sixes on the season so that's something that they'll be looking at as well yeah if you go into the player stat explorer and click on the matchups tab for either burrow or stafford you can go in and look at what the opposing defense has done over the playoff stretch and one of the things that you see is that both of these past defenses have more interceptions forced than touchdowns allowed during the playoffs and again this is in a stretch where they have played elite competition there hasn't really been a team where you think okay well this is just a defensively oriented team maybe uh, having a bunch of interceptions would be no surprise I mean these teams have gone out and stopped some good offenses now on the Rams side especially we talked about how those offenses were maybe not firing at their top level but what the Bengals has done have done here has been very, very impressive. And I would not expect the Rams to go out and score a lot of points in this game, right? I mean, they're going to run the ball too much. 
they're going to then have situations where Matthew Stafford has to make a play. We've watched with the Bengals that they were able in that second half against Kansas City to slow both Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Now, nobody has been able to figure out the answer to slowing Cooper Cup this year. But if a team can do it, I think that the Bengals have both the personnel and the coaching acumen to, number one, come in with a good plan, and then number two, make some very good adjustments at halftime if they need to. We've seen them do that on many occasions in the last month, month and a half. And if you can slow Cooper Cup, then this offense is going to have a lot of problems, right? I mean, Odell Beckham has had a resurgence over the last couple of weeks. It's not like it's Cooper Cup and then absolutely nobody. But if they can slow him down, if they can come up with a solution for him the way that they came up with that solution for Tyreek Hill, then you're looking at a really tricky element here. And I think that on the other side of the ball, you know, you talk about Jalen Rams, we talk about this elite Rams defense, and yet I don't know that they have faced a team that can come at them the way the Bengals can right now, right? I mean, you look at what Jamar Chase can do and you look at that 4-3 speed in the mix with those other guys, right? We saw Mike Evans get loose for a touchdown late in the Buccaneers comeback. Obviously, Debo Samuel was able to get some things done in the NFC Championship game. And the 49ers do have some other guys. We talk about with that within the context of the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo was not healthy. Joe Burrow is going to come in here. Uh, maybe he's not 100% either, but we saw even with the legs that he was able to make some plays against the Kansas City Chiefs that, that fight through. When you talk about Jamar Chase, him getting behind the defense is just a different thing than almost any other player in the league. You're you're really talking about you know a Tyreek Hill type of weapon, and you can use him underneath, you can use him long. Because you can use him in so many different ways, it's hard to take all of them away. And so if he can get behind the defense even once in this game, it will play a big role in just... I think points are going to be at a premium, right? I've, I've projected them in the 20s. I think that the line, while uh, favoring the Rams too much, that the overall point total are probably in the right range. But even with that being the case, I mean, every time a team scores in this game, I don't think it's going to be a case of necessarily the last team wins, other than when you get down into the fourth quarter, you know what you have to do. And so teams will be going for it on fourth down. They'll be making those moves to kind of get there to the end, but we're going to have plenty of stops in this game. So the big plays by Jamar Chase are going to make a difference. And those big plays by the Bengals defense, those are going to make a difference. And I think that we're more likely to see the big mistake from the Rams, which is how the Bengals win. Hey, Rotoviz fans. This is Dave Cabin from the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast, taking a minute to let you know that as a loyal Rotoviz listener, you can get 10% off a one-year subscription when you use the promo code RVRADIO2022 at checkout. It gives you full access to all of our content and tools. And again, that's RVRADIO2022 at checkout for 10% off a one-year Rotoviz subscription. Enjoy the podcast. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So let's look, Sean, at how the Rams win this one. Um, you know, we do look at the way the Bengals struggled against the Titans uh, in the first game uh, of the playoffs, and they obviously struggled a lot to protect Joe Burrow with those nine sacks. In this one, they go up against Aaron Donald. They go up against Vaughn Miller. They also go up against, you know, Jalen Ramsey, who is, you know, one of the, the better cornerbacks in the league. Does have some issues where he seems to get away with some blowing coverages, but always seems to work out for him in those situations. But Aaron Donald and Von Miller. Von Miller already a Super Bowl winner. Aaron Donald, one of the best defensive players of the last decade. Put them both together. It's going to put a lot of pressure on that offensive line. So I think when we look at it from Rams' perspective, they have to think that this is a, an opportunity to get sacks in the quarterback, an opportunity to create turnovers, possibly opportunities to get pick sixes and, and put a lot of pressure on this Bengals offense from the very start. What do you think are, are some of the... The, if you're a Rams fan, if Rams fans are looking at this, what are they? I'd say they're licking their lips, facing this offensive line. Yeah, they have to be right. I mean, you you have that Tennessee game, and it gives you the complete blueprint for how you're going to stymie this team here. And they've done it to Kyler Murray, Tom Brady, Jimmy Garoppolo. Four interceptions, only three passing touchdowns allowed. None, no opposing quarterback has reached 20 fantasy points in the playoffs and we could see this just really exaggerated against this Cincinnati Bengals offensive line that struggles to create time for Joe Burrow now if he's getting a little bit more agile one of the things that we saw was that the Bengals made some real adjustments number one in terms of play calls number two in terms of what Burrow himself did to fight through some of these sacks and get out of the pocket against the Chiefs and make some big plays. That was really the difference because he made the plays in the fourth quarter that he didn't necessarily have to make against the Titans. And if he can do that, then perhaps this still works out for Cincinnati. But this game has a lot of potential to go the way last year's Super Bowl went, right? Where it comes in and you really feel like the Chiefs are the better overall team. And then very quickly, things just go south. And Joe Burrow is running for his life. He doesn't have 
the mobility that Mahomes has. And so it could be even worse from that perspective. We could quickly get out in the first quarter, three, four, five sacks, maybe a strip sack and a fumble return touchdown. You could have the Bengals down by three touchdowns you know, by the end of the first quarter in this one, similar to where they were in the AFC Championship game. And then you know they're not going to come back for the second week in a row when you look at what the Rams bring to the table defensively it just isn't going to happen right they're going to be able to keep that pressure on Burrow as the Bengals are forced to pass and you get this very lopsided game where Cincinnati kind of goes back to the drawing board just like the Chiefs did last year where the Chiefs then put a ton of resources into the offensive line they came back out they had that as a strength the following season and you know, then over the second half of the year, they really look like the best team until the Bengals take them out. You know, we could be talking about the Bengals at this point next year as this this unstoppable juggernaut, this behemoth, where we expect them to win, you know, two, three, four Super Bowls in a row because they fixed the offensive line and now they have absolutely no weaknesses. How do you contend with Jamar Chase? How do you contend with T. Higgins when Joe Burrow actually can sit back there with time? Well, he's not going to have that in the Super Bowl. And so can those guys get open? Do they have the right play calls? I also think that we're going to have a situation here where they do use Joe Mixon a lot to try and neutralize that. And then you're going to have a lot of third downs. Now we may have third down and manageable, but one of the things that we talk about a lot is that if you're going to score points against elite defenses, you need to call plays in a way that you stay out of as many third downs as possible, especially if you're not going to go for it on fourth down. And I think that it's a, a tricky dynamic going forward on fourth down against this Rams team because Joe Mixon is not going to run effectively on sort of fourth and medium against them. And then on fourth down plays, you have that same problem that you have on these other plays where how do you protect long enough even for these short passes? And so if you're getting into third downs, if you can get a third down stop, you're going to get punts from the Bengals. The Rams could have the ball for a huge chunk of time in this game. And then column beyond that, we have the Rams offense and Cooper Cup, the best player in the NFL in 2021. Yeah, it's like, you know, when we look at it from a betting perspective and the markets, obviously the, the Rams are favorite heading into that one. It is a case that on both sides of the ball, I think there's probably less holes all around and both teams. You know, we're talking about there, you mentioned the Bengals and, you know, if this offensive line is kind of built out and they put the the resources there that then the team might become unstoppable but it feels like at the moment that maybe the rams are already at that point where those holes are filled um you know we mentioned the players in the defensive line and then uh ramsey like we mentioned as well but then you go to the offensive line uh, and the offense itself and you have cooper cup you have odell beckham who they acquired during the season and that looks to be a you know a great great move for them now there was points where he wasn't heavily involved but there is situations where he has come up very very big for them particularly with some of the touchdowns he's had and had a couple of his biggest games over the last couple of weeks and then i think it's going to be very very interesting to see how they try and, and cover both of those guys like it, it's got to the point like each and every week of the season you're kind of saying cooper cup is their best player let's cover cooper cup and he continues to get opened he continues to look wide open it looks like nobody has decided to cover him at all and then he gets in the end zone as well and you look against the buccaneers you look against the 49ers he's consistently done it you have mentioned a number of times that you know quarterbacks even taken into the mix that he should be the nfl mvp for the season and it's very hard to argue against that based on what he has done and odell beckham starting to to round into not not his best self i guess if we look back to like 2014 2015 but somebody who is 
very very hard to cover if you put him in that offense with somebody like cup we've seen the the running backs be able to kind of do serviceable jobs from their perspective and we've seen matthew stafford have some very impressive games from himself as well stafford has at times and he did that in the previous game as well put the ball into jeopardy he has had a couple of pick sixes with throws and there's times where it feels like i would imagine sean McVay's wondering like you know, I'm getting better play here than I had with Jared Goff, but I'm still getting these plays that should not be happening. So um, that is something they're going to have to, to keep under wraps as well, because there is a couple of those plays each and every game from Stafford. And, um, you know, key there is for to, to avoid the turnover. So how are you feeling about, I guess, Stafford keeping the ball clean? And then, uh, like, I'm pretty sure Cup is going to get his, like, you know, if, if if it's a situation where the Bengals hold them to you know 110 yards and a touchdown, they're probably going to take that as a victory based on, on what he's been able to do this year. How do you feel about the Rams' offense as a whole? Yeah, you look at Matthew Stafford, the six touchdowns, the only one interception in the playoffs. You contrast that with what these two teams have done defensively, and it's easy to see why the Rams are in the Super Bowl. Of course, we know that that 6-1 to ratio is buoyed by the fact that the big drop occurred there i don't know that you're getting better decision making from matthew stafford than you got from jerry goff but the big difference is just the arm strength and i don't even know that you are getting necessarily better accuracy either but the arm strength is night and day and that makes a big difference in terms of the types of plays you can call and what the defense has to defend and so if you're getting similar decision making similar accuracy but much better arm strength it's a big difference right and it's completely unlocked cooper cup who is not just and underneath receiver not just an intermediate receiver but a deep threat as well one of the reasons why it's so hard to take him away is that the route running is so good on all levels and the scheme that they use to get him open the combinations of routes that they use make it so that whether you're in man or you're in zone the defense gets confused then he makes his break you have the throw from matthew stafford who is not reluctant to throw into coverage or take some risky shots you have that throw with anticipation, and then you're looking at Cooper Cup wide open 30 yards down the field. And as a fan, you're wondering, you know, how does that happen? And how does it happen consistently? But it does. And with Cup, you know, he averages 25 fantasy points a game this season. And you're thinking, okay, well, that's so blatantly, obviously unsustainable. And when he goes into the postseason and faces this sort of inconsistent but occasionally elite Cardinals team, when he faces the Buccaneers, when he faces especially the San Francisco 49ers, they're going to take him away. And if anything, he's taken it to the next level in the playoffs, right? 386 yards and four touchdowns. That's 100 more yards than Tyree Kill. Obviously, it leads the group in touchdowns. And I say it leads the group of touchdowns. It obviously doesn't lead the group of touchdowns. That would be Gabriel Davis, who completely eviscerated the Kansas City Chiefs there. But you look at that and you compare it to some of the other players in this game. He's got the big edge on Jamar Chase. And then you mentioned Odell Beckham. And we talk about the receiving groups side by side. And I think that pretty clearly the Bengals have the advantage here. T. Higgins, even though he's been frustrating at times, we've gotten some drops. We've had uh, some injuries that have slowed him down a little bit. When you talk about someone with that kind of size who can get deep, it's just so difficult to cover him. And then to have a Tyler Boyd with those two guys feels absolutely unfair. And yet at the same time, when we look at what these guys have done in the playoffs, Cup is obviously the number one, but then Beckham comes in solidly ahead of T Higgins in terms of what his contributions have been. So that gives them the one, two punch that they need and makes it even harder to take away cup. And so while I think that the Bengals will do a better job of this than what we have seen from the NFC contenders, the Rams have a lot of different ways that they can beat you here. And even if they don't have Tyler Higby, which is looking pretty questionable this time, one of the 
uh, sort of under the radar, you know, uh, people are talking about it, but one of the keys in this game will be how healthy and do they get any snaps from their tight ends, both starting tight ends, very questionable for this game. It looks like uh, CJ Uzama is more likely to be able to make an impact. So that's a little bit of an edge there to the Bengals. I know Zachary Kruger and I are really rooting for Higby since we have him on a key playoff contest where he could be the key to winning the overall prize, but it looks like it's going to be more difficult for Higby. So that could be a little bit of an issue here, but this one-two punch with Cup and Beckham really gives Matthew Stafford, the gunslinger, a chance. And I don't know. I I feel like at times Stafford's performance has been overstated this season. And, you know, it's always frustrating, I think, if you are a fan of the Lions and you look at kind of where they're at and how quickly they could turn things around and how cool their head coach and Dan Campbell is now that he didn't stick around and actually lead them into that group. But at the same time, I, I want him to win a Super Bowl if he does win by making these throws that we know that he can make, right? I mean, you think back to all those Calvin Johnson plays, the Megatron touchdowns, and then what he's done this season with Cup. You know, I hope that they don't put the handcuffs on him on this game. I hope that he goes out there, lets it fly, and just a lot of 30, 40, 50-yard frozen ropes where we see the Matthew Stafford who has that absolute star potential. That's how the Rams win. I think another thing that uh, you mentioned, we did, you kind of touched on it, but uh, the coaching side of things and, and the play calling and scheming things open, I think that's an edge that I would have to give to the Rams based on Sean McVay and how he's able to continuously get Cooper Cup open. Um, we have seen at times where, like, you know, as much as we like Jamar Chase and we like T. Higgins, a lot of the time it is they're winning with their physicality. Joe Burrow's winning with his arm talent. And it's not really a case of they're all that wide open. We did see in the Chiefs game where they started to kind of get motion involved and move those guys about, and it started to get them a little bit more open. But I do think from an actual scheming perspective and a, a play hall perspective. I think that's another edge towards the Rams. So that is, as Sean said, how the Rams win. Sean, we've given our thoughts on, on both teams there, and I think we're in a, a very interesting position where, you know, I mentioned this to you before the show. I'm getting pretty excited. After the Packers lost, I was, I was well and truly uh, disappointed. It was a, a tough couple of days. Did bounce back, but uh, I think heading into this one, we have... Two teams we really like. Haven't talked through them there. We talked about the wide receivers in particular. We talked about the quarterback play. I really hope you mentioned the word, you know, about handcuffing Matthew Stafford. I hope the teams just go out, play aggressively, and you know, go out and try and play it to win rather than you know try and play that cagey game. And that is something we've seen from Sean McVay at times. We've seen it from Kyle Shanahan for all the innovation they have. There's times where they kind of revert into their shell and can be a little bit scared in those situations. So I'm hoping both teams go for it. I'm hoping that they don't just decide that they're going to continue to run it on first down each and every single time. Uh, so let's try and get that uh, you know out of the system. But yeah, really excited about the Super Bowl. Should be really, really, really fun one. And I think on Saturday show we're gonna we're gonna keep a tease and we're gonna hold it back, Sean. We will give our prediction as to who we think will win it um i think listeners probably think we're probably more excited about one team than the other that we talked about there but yeah i think this should be should be a really fun one i i think it should be a, a good one to, to watch this weekend it should be and i know that one of your concerns with the packers is that it might be their last shot and 
I think that Jordan Love is going to come out and play well next season. I think they're going to make a big move to the Broncos where they pick up Jerry, Judy, KJ Hamler, and Albert O, along with multiple first-round picks. And Love comes out there next year with a lot of firepower when you add in a first-round wide receiver to the mix. Suddenly, the Packers are reloaded with youth and depth and they can attack teams in a lot of different ways, including those elite running backs that they have. So I think this is on to a new, exciting era for the Packers. But one of the things that we look at here with the Rams is that there's more pressure on them, I think, pretty clearly than there is on the Bengals. Now, we, we've talked so much about how the Bengals, the Bills, the Chiefs, none of those teams can count on getting back, even with the elite young quarterback play that they have. But we know that the championship window for those teams is wide open and will be there for the next decade you look back to that Rams super bowl recently that you alluded to where they basically didn't score any points against the patriots and that came out of nowhere to an extent i mean that's the season where you have that uh game in the 40s with kansas city where both the rams and the chiefs look absolutely unstoppable and sean McVay is being lauded as the new number one greatest coach in the nfl until bill belichick puts him in his place a little bit and that game sort of started us down the path to Jared Goff eventually being jettisoned, Matthew Stafford brought in. If we have a low-scoring Rams defeat in this one, there are going to be a lot of questions again for the coaching staff, a lot of questions at the quarterback position. Obviously, they put so much on this season that if they fail in sort of a, a disastrous way like they did in the last Super Bowl, then there'll be a lot of questions for them. So I think the Bengals can benefit from the fact that they're the underdogs and that they have when you're in the Super Bowl, you've got the Super Bowl to lose. So you never have nothing to lose. And that's you know never the case anyway. But they feel like they have less to lose, can play freer and easier in this game. Pressure on the side of the Rams, long-term upside on the side of the Bengals. But pressure doesn't mean that you're going to bow to it. You know, Matthew Stafford may write his name not only in the history books, but in the storybooks with a magnificent performance in this week's Super Bowl. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned a couple of interesting things there. And I think like the Rams have gone so much all in on this season that anything less than an actual Super like they've got to the Super Bowl, but if you lose here, they're still in a, a lot of kind of issues long term. And that's the decision I guess the Packers have at the minute. You mentioned Jordan Love and you know if they do keep Rodgers and, and put all that money in there, they're just kicking the can down the road and you're getting into that New Orleans situation. So, yeah, you're mentioning the, uh, you know, some of the options that could happen there with a trade. Uh, you know, if you get Jerry, did you get some of those young players? And, you know, I, I've been seeing some of those trades that have been talked about online and I'm thinking that would not be a bad situation to be in. So we'll see how it goes. But maybe I'm influencing Sean too much with my love of the Packers that we're starting to get positive Jordan love talk on the podcast and recorded format, but uh, a lot of fun, Sean, on today's show. Uh, we are going to be back with a show on Thursday. It is going to be JJ Zacharyson, as I mentioned. We are also going to be back on Saturday with a show where we will preview, uh, the, we'll give our predictions for the Super Bowl, among a number of other things that we will talk about on the show, but it's going to be a fun one. Uh, as always, drop us a written review on your favorite podcast app. We will be posting more content over on YouTube. I've been seeing comments coming up that people are enjoying seeing uh, the faces of some of the hosts, including ourselves, but also Dave Cabin and Curtis Patrick posting up there as well. So lots of content coming your way there as we 
try and uh, push towards 1,000 subscribers will be our, our first target there. But head on over, hit the subscribe button. That is the Rotoviz YouTube channel. And of course, as always, you can give yourself a 10% discount to a Rotoviz NFL pass by using the promo code RVRADIO2022. Use that at checkout, gets you 10% off. And of course, the Rotoviz Rookie Guide, which we talked about last week. If you haven't had a chance to listen to last week's shows, head back and check them out. Talked about the Rotoviz Rookie Guide and, and lots of great content in there. We talked about some of it, teased some of it. Highly recommend go and check that out. It is available on the Rotoviz website. Head on over, get your copy today. And until we are back with another show on Thursday with JJ, of course, all that's left to say is my name's Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter. Head over to Marlin and check out Sean's work up on rotoviz.com. And until then, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.